You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome to Episode 3 of Punk Wisdom with Matt and Allison. We're here again with our producer, Jess, our creator, Matt, and yours truly, Allison. So tonight, it'll be a nice threesome while we're just entertaining you and each other. Yes, Matt, I said threesome. (laughs) Ring the bell, ring the bell with social issue episode tonight on protesting pussy hats and the whole Me Too campaign complete with hashtag. Mind you, we are friends who agree on many things, so debate is not implied, but we will play devil's advocate because it's the right thing to do. Um, many of us say that we should see the other side of things and we want to prove that we can kind of live that example and, and, and be the, be the change, so to speak. Uh, tonight's shenanigans sponsored by Matt's Bladder Graphics and Web, where they take your idea and turn it into beautiful things from logos, t-shirts, glassware, and marketing materials to e-blasts and even your social media messages. They learn what you're all about and then go tell everyone else. Um, yes, you can find them on Facebook at Mad Splatter Graphics and Twitter at Mad Splat Graph because they won't let them make the name any longer. So here we are. Hi, Jess. Hey. Been a couple weeks. All right. How are you today? I'm alive. That's a good thing. I'm alive. I'm upright and sucking air, which is, seems to be my daily mantra lately. <laughs> so it's always it's a good day. better than the alternative. I will say that. <laughs> that's, that's for sure. That's for sure. Matt? Matt, your wheels have been able to turn for 13 days. 13 days? Since we were last here. Oh, God, yeah. I'm just tired. School's kicking my ass. School. And you want me to go get you a Red Bull and you can just, you know. Oh, God, no. You won't let me. Bond a Red Bull. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm good. No. I need, I need to calm my mind down is what I need to do. Uh, so tell us real quick. What, what do you do at school? What is your class right now? You're at uh, DSDT, right? Down in Detroit. Detroit School for Digital Technology. That's right. They're in the old Detroit 3rd Precinct uh, Jail. Yes. Which is – it's fabulous. They took the jail cells and made all kinds of cool crap. Of course, they locked them open. Yeah. So it takes out one aspect of fun. But My instructor has his office in one. Okay. I think that is so clever. It's, it's a cool setup. Um, they do a lot of cool stuff with uh, film. Um, but anything in digital tech world, they're grabbing hold of. Their newer classes are the uh, IT and computer. So I'm, I'm taking that. I'm – are you like security, through, network security? Uh, yeah, I'm technically going through cybersecurity, then ethical hacking. And I think Cloud Plus has just been added to it too. So we'll be learning uh, cloud technology and so on. Right on. So you'll be applying to Experian when you're done? Uh, whoever will take me, but um, yeah. Honestly? Well, honestly, they actually offered a bunch of us already got job offers waiting for us as soon as we – get our uh, net plus certification done. which is so. a fabulous then i want to i want to actually give a free plug to dsdt because they are they are literally trying to pioneer the future for our young people and our existing adults and there's all these foundations um they are that help. really they are really really going out of their way trying to get um inner city kids and more or less privileged kids to be able to go and learn the least of basics to get a job and then they can come and learn more. Yeah, but literally hands-on, though. They're not Definitely. just, you yeah. know, the for-profit schools tell you, 
you know, I'm getting way too deep into this, but it's it's <laughs> because I all right. What we're going to do tonight, let me let me backstep a little bit because we're going to get to know the three of us because no matter what happens here every other week or in the biweekly process, if you want to call it, is we're going to have maybe sometimes other people, maybe not, but it's always going to consistently be the three of us. It seems that's a solid for you, Jess. Yep. And yeah, I'll, I'll drag her here for the that. foreseeable future. <laughs> so, um, so we want to let you know a little bit more about us, so that when we engage in these conversations, you can understand a little bit more why we think the way we think and feel the way we feel. So, I am um, really big on this new school um, roundabout. It's it's come around my way a couple in a couple of different circles. One is Podcast Detroit. They donate a lot of time there. They also have a studio located there. Um, that's one of their locations. We, however, are on the fabulous 11 Mile in Royal Oak, Michigan. Um, but they also work with alternative high schools. I am a TV radio teacher at a local alternative high school. So for me, it's great benefit to know that what I give those kids every day, and they all have struggles that are that they're all different, and mm-hmm. and they're all just the most lovable people um i have not to this day had one problem with any kid um but they give them the hands-on training that they need and i feel confident knowing that what i'm teaching them gives them a little bit of a starting point to go to a school like this who's willing to embrace them and take them as anybody else would take anybody else and i think that is the best thing ever and and also to throw it out there dstt is a for-profit school so just so people know that they are a for-profit school, but they are working really hard with local governments, obviously the federal government because they're looking at franchising this out to other states even. Um, and they are trying – They their focus is getting people jobs. They will actually call a lot of businesses finding out what is it, what do you look for for entry level, what type of you know, training, what type of experience you're looking for. And they will go all the way and train kids in that just so they can get that job, then they can come back and still continue to go to school to expand their learning. Um, I think they're working on right now with, a, with trying to get an associate degree program going on. I mean, program I'm going, I'm in is still technically a trade school, and I'm taking like five, six or so classes. I'll, I'll walk away with about seven different certifications, mm-hmm. but it's all certifications. I'm not getting a degree in anything, right? Uh, which I think a degree will help me out later on with bigger jobs if I want to get something with the FBI or something. I think they do require Right, but as it stands, to be able to employ yourself in a field that makes you happy and really, to be honest, especially for my kids, that is the best thing I could ask of them is to find something that makes them happy. Maybe they're starting a little behind the eight ball. Maybe they've had the circumstances or the environment not suitable for them to function in a regular school or, you know, they don't have the privilege of private schools or, or right. whatever. So here's a here's a place for them to actually walk away from this happy um, and filling their own tanks. And I think um, I think there's not much more we can say about that, all, except for the fact that they have um, Focus Hope and Michigan Works and all kinds of other organizations helping with income, yep. tuition, all that kind of crap uh, stuff. They, so, they don't want you to have any excuse nope. not to be able to go there. So nope. they will go and they'll take you way. as you are. Yep. Yep. So, Definitely. okay. With that being said, um, today I actually mentioned that we were going to do um, a bit on protesting and why people do it. And 
if you want to jump into that link in the second half, we can do that in the first right. half. Which we is what I was exactly going to say. Yeah. And see, great minds think alike. Yeah. Either that or I'm just jumping the gun of being an asshole, whichever works for you. No, but I know. <laughs> there's plenty of time for that. <laughs> it's still early. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're so going. let's lay it down. First of all, our producer, Jessica, is um, an employee of Podcast Detroit. Producer, ed- she engineer. Is engineer. Producer slash engineer. Uh, or just engineer? Nope, just engineer for now. Engineer. We Professional knob turner. My bad. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. She <laughs> makes the whole thing sound like butter. So I used to run sound for studio and I would run, I'd run ta- sound for local bands and stuff. So I, sound boards and stuff I'm really, really familiar with. Mm-hmm. Oh, so then but, you'll um, be in my class sometime soon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically, people are like, what do you do? Yeah. I'm like, I, I push buttons. Yeah. I turn knobs. <laughs> no, there's and, and I, I, slide, I slide things. <laughs> It's fun. Yeah. Go ahead, Allison. Sorry for Sorry. no. I I just wanted to you know get us all a little thing. Um, you are just a fabulous person. I you work for, you. and so are you, ma'am. Thank you. You know I love you. You work for a correct me, oh, please so if I'm wrong. Drink for but a small local construction firm, or is it a uh, construction company? Construction yeah, company. So they do residential roofing, siding, windows, gutters. So outdoor stuff. And you make the wheels turn and you make all the magic. Yeah. So I do office manager for that remotely from home, which is cool. And then I work for a laboratory that processes um, urine samples for controlled narcotics. Yum. So nice. if anybody out there works for one, go ahead and you know get in contact with me. And set me up with your employer and or friend who may be a physician or be a doctor at a pain clinic, and um, I will give you a referral fee if I can sign them based on your recommendation. Oh, that's excellent. excellent. Yeah. Okay, so that's let's it. give um, Jungle next or last. You go ahead. Ladies first. Okay. Well, because I've already said, um, I'm a teacher right. at a local alternative high school. Uh, I am a fan of the underdog. That is what I say I do. Um, and when they succeed, my whole world um, grows kind of like the Grinch's heart, like you know, two three sizes. It's it's just amazing when you see those one. who say, "Uh uh-uh, uh, I'm I'm beating you regardless." So I, that's my thing. On my off time, I have been trained as a graphic designer. My degrees in school are business and entrepreneurship, so that's why knowing what you do, what our local companies do around here, mm-hmm. and I know podcasts can you know reach the corners of the world. Um, but we also have our little place here at home too. So yeah. I kind of do a lot of things. I'm a crafter. I'm an artist. I, I, what we did downfall, we can do downfall during the break. Okay. If you want, um, I don't know it. if you want the SoundCloud address or whatever, but we'll work that up. So we'll give you a little bit of St. Betty and her downfall. Uh, long may they rest in peace. <laughs> um, and now we have now, and I've made the joke, but the more I think about it, the more true this becomes, you are kind of like. A seahorse in this whole punk wisdom environment here. You have birthed it, um, although you are a male. So that's one species who species who actually do that. Um, they carry and deliver the babies. So this is really kind of your – if this – it's kind of like Max Hedrum. I don't know. I'm probably dating my age, but – if you were to see the inside of this place and like equivalize it to the inside of your brain, um, now you have 
what you have an hour and 15 minutes oh, God. <laughs> no i'm i'm just kidding but it's you know you're a baby so I, tell us you know there's uh, and i i'm probably repeat some of the things i've said in the last couple episodes which is fine <laughs> Um, I never really got in depth with anything that I personally believe, which is something of a conversation I had over the weekend um, with a with a friend. Um, he's like, "You're right. You haven't ever really said what you believe." I'm like, "Yeah, but it hasn't stopped you from assuming what I believe." <laughs> um, but it's I have a pro- I, I don't have a problem. I like to use a devil's advocate. I like to jump in. It's like here's questions people who here's some questions people ask. I may not personally be asking these questions. But people are asking them, and there are questions that are and they're worth looking at. Um, but we live in a society, we live in a culture that is very, very noisy, and it's very, very binary or very, very dualistic. Is like I, what I like to call it, where it's either left or you're right, or you're Christian or you're not, or you're this or you're that, and there is no middle ground. And it's the, but the problem is the vast majority of Americans, I believe, are in the middle. It's the, the, just the loudest people seem to be on the extreme ends of the spectrum. You got the very, very loud liberals. You have the very, very loud conservatives. And those are the ones you hear all the time. Um, and the people in the middle just get, kind of get shouted over, even though there's a vast – even though the vast majority of the people are, I think – I could be wrong on this. I think the vast majority of the people are in the middle. Um, just from watching different polls that are happening, you can see that the way the country actually is leaning in a lot of things. Um, so I like to think – I don't think there is enough moderate voice being heard. When you turn on the news, you're getting the extreme either left or right. Mainly you're getting a lot of right noise. You'll get some left noise. But that's all you're ever really getting. You're hardly ever getting middle-of-the-road stuff. Um, the the government, you're either getting left or you're getting right. Um, that's just the way it is, and I think we just need – this is why I was kind of hoping for this podcast being one of those smaller voices to step out and say, no, 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 there are other ways of looking at things. It isn't always just a right and left thing. I don't have a problem with guns. I don't. But, you know, I say that to some of my liberal friends and they freak out. Um, you know, and I say, well, then my issues about abortion are different than a lot of my conservative friends. So you, there's it's a give and take thing. I think there's like I said, I think a lot of people are in the middle of this. And I think I think I I land squarely with you on that. I I should have every right to protect me, my family. You know, I I have a thing I tell people like if if somebody were to break in my house in the middle of the night and I heard them taking things say from my living room, which is in the front of the house. I may or may not choose to react. Mm-hmm. I may decide they're only things Right. I do have insurance. I, you know, you can kind of, I don't know. Do I want to put my life on the line for my things? I'm not sure I do. Um, the problem comes when you step one foot down the hallway. There is nothing down that hallway for you but me and my family. And at that point, my opinion changes drastically. I have every right to stop you taking one more step down that hallway. So I do agree with that. However, massive killing machines with these augmented parts and, that kind of mindset, I, I see no reason for a hunter. I see no reason for an actual citizen. I don't think I'm going to be um, – my house is going to be invaded by 80 people. So I have I have no reason to feel like that is a necessary uh, evil to have in the hands of your everyday person. And I get – and no matter what I say, 
somebody is going to find fault with that. And I have, and to me, that is the most normal way to think about it. I will stop you from hurting me and my, my family. But if you want my TV, I'm probably not going to get in the way <laughs> of you just taking the TV. Mind you, um, don't try it tonight because I'm on alert. So I don't know. How do you, you know? Um, see, here's the thing. So uh, given everything that's happened in the last couple of years with mass shootings, um, I do have an issue with semiotic automatic weapons just because of the fact that you don't need them for hunting. You don't need them if someone breaks in your house. Like you can get multiple handguns. You know, um, but I also do know a lot of very, very, very responsible and not batshit crazy gun collectors who have huge collections of guns. I mean, huge. And it's their hobby. So I'm a little bit torn on that just because the majority of the people that I know that actually collect that are collectors of firearms like that have, you know, been in the Marines or which, you know, some kind sometimes can be, you know, dicey because PTSD, et cetera, et cetera, flashbacks. But, um, you know, but those then they're people, trained too. So, well, yeah, they don't, they don't see guns as toys. They're not going right. to use them as weapons of mass destruction. Like on the general public, you know, when you strip away somebody's who they are and, you know, implant, which is basically what they do when you go into training, um, implant that in their head. I mean, that usually kind of sticks. Usually, obviously not all the time. So, and then the rest of the guys just, they like guns. That's just what they're into. They don't go out randomly shooting them off. They do it in a very safe environment um, or up north, you know, literally in the middle of nowhere on somebody's property where, you know, you have 30 acres and that's not going to hit anything but a tree. So, right. But then you have these other people who shouldn't be able to get their hands on guns. I mean, look at that guy in Vegas. He had no, and I mean, that's, no, none at that's all. confusing. He had no criminal history, no mental health, um, no history. ties to any cult or, right, or anything. Terrorist. He was just a batshit crazy guy that nobody, you know, knew was batshit. Well, and that's it. When that coin flips, you know, it, it's so hard. It's right. so hard to pinpoint when or where or if. But I will tell you this. I will say that. Say a friend of mine, a gun collector friend of mine, mm-hmm. calls me up and says, hey, what are you doing? And I said, nothing. I'm just sitting here. And he said, how about you come out to the gun range with me and shoot for a while? I will go. There yeah, is too. no doubt about it. Um, I've wanted, you know, we are armed um, at home. But not to the hilt. And I, I think it's an adequate, appropriate amount. Um, and we will we will continue that tradition. I see no reason to change it. But if we're there mm-hmm. and that person says, here, try this. <laughs> and it is some high powered, right? And we're in that safe environment that you yeah. mentioned. And would I say no thanks? No, because I'm a thrill seeker, right? I have tattoos and ink everywhere. I mean, my hair is this weird not even deliberate at the moment color and i just i enjoy life i want to live my life i only have a a limited number of days 
Um, and if I didn't like it, I can say, okay, I didn't like it, but I don't shy away from things like that. So I would. They're so fun. I understand the thrill. Like yeah. I do the thrill of skydiving or anything else that gets mm-hmm. an, a real adrenaline rush. Um, so I do agree. I am kind of torn like that. Matt, if your friend came to you and said, Never. you would not go? No, I don't, I don't care. I mean, I, I don't find it as fun as probably they do, but I probably do it just to spend time with them. You know, um, oh, you're going to go deep on this one. No, no, I <laughs> kind of. Yeah, uh, <laughs> no, I know. I know the argument that they use for having these more higher powered weapons. And I don't want to get into it because I don't want to turn this into let's talk about gun control. Um, uh, so I'm going to swing it back. Into, <laughs> we need at least a little bit more. <laughs> Agreed. Something in my throat. Yeah. Well, I just want to we'll just swing it back down, swing it back to. Back to me. I'm going to be selfish and arrogant here. Um, no. Uh, just, it's funny. As, as he's wearing, okay, another t-shirt picture for reference, people. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, just continue. Yeah. I, it's funny because I, I remember having this conversation, again, Facebook. you got to love Facebook. This is where all the best conversations are. Our whole lives are Love and there. hate. Love um, and hate. It is. And it was where I said... <laughs> I'm like, I love how people automatically assume that I don't know anything about, and I'm not going to, I don't want to harp on Christianity, but I'm going to bring it up just because it, to make my point. Right. Because um, I, I totally agree with Bruce last time where I, we were spending a lot of time beating them. So I don't want to do that. Um, but people automatically assume that I know nothing about it. Mm-hmm. I spent the vast majority of my, my life. That is what I was. I grew up in a Baptist church. I Got married in a Baptist church. My wedding had no alcohol and no dancing because it was against the religion. Um, see, I'm Baptist. I never got that. Uh-huh. The, we were the church I was from was really, really what, what we would call legalistic in a way. I mean, not as bad as some churches. Legalistic is a lot of uh, the church lays down a bunch of rules. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't. Da, 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 no. Um, but oh, sorry. No, I mean religion does that in general. But this was more or less, if you're going to become a member of this church, you have to swear off this. You got to swear off this. That kind of thing. And But that was just the way it was. Right. And that's what I grew up with. And that's what I knew. So Hashtag I was like, red flag. And I'm thinking, <laughs> okay, that's, you know, this is what it is to be, you know, part of this church. And I was okay with it at the time. Um, but I find it funny when I get into these conversations with some of my friends, and they automatically assume, like, well, you don't know the Bible or you don't know Christianity. I'm like, well, no, actually, I know it really, really well. I've spent the vast majority of my life in it. Um, so when I post certain things on Facebook, because I'll post articles, and a lot of times I told this to somebody, I'm like, not all the stuff I post is stuff I personally believe. Right. It's stuff that I think just brings up questions. Right. And I'm not trying to be a troll which is something we'll talk about in the next episode. We're going to get into a little bit about social media and trolling and all that stuff. I'm not trying to be a troll. I'm just trying to pose questions like, I need you people to start thinking about this because this is what the other people, the other think. This is the questions that they bring up. So this is something that you should and we should as Christians, if I consider myself a Christian, um, should also be thinking about. I mean, that the other people are thinking these things. Maybe we should think it. So that's a lot of times what I want to post on the crap I post. Well, basically, so people can just see things from somebody else's perspective. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Right. It's understandable. But what's 
and I don't see I, it's not funny, haha, funny, interesting. When I see a lot of my friends, I know exactly what how their response is, what their response is going to be, and what they're actually going to say before they even say it. So when they jump on board, He's good at that. I'll get That's those notif- <laughs> I'll get those notifications on my phone. I'm looking. Oh, someone someone posted on my post or whatever, and I'm going to. I'll look see who it was. I'm like, oh, I know what he's going to say. Mm-hmm. I don't even need to read it half the time. I do. Out there, when you're listening, I actually read everything you guys write on my wall. Everything. Um. Right. Um, twice. You read, twice. You read oh, twice. yeah. <laughs> Actually, I do. And I used to read my own stuff. That's why you I'm go like, back. Wait, maybe I should read that again. <laughs> I'll go back and read my own. And I'll, you'll see almost every time you'll see mine, you'll see that it's been edited. Because <laughs> I've gone. <laughs> uh, every post of mine is edited, yes. Um, the Oxford like, comma gets me every time. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, anyway. Um, but I, I find it amusing because it's like it, they post this way thinking that I don't know what they're going to say. And I know exactly what they're going to say. Um, and I, and it's an encouragement for a conversation and so on. And I, you know, it's fun in my opinion. Sometimes they don't think so, but <laughs> I do sometimes get compliments. So I had a good Christian friend of mine and honestly, we don't see eye to eye 90% of the time. And he did post something on Facebook the other day for whoever was paying attention to it. He actually was like, Matt, I love these conversations with you because you're always dignified and you never attack me. Ever. I'm like, I don't try to attack anybody. I don't see right. the point in it. I go, I want the conversation. And attacking you is not going to make a conversation. You're just going to get defensive and say stupid stuff. And then I'll say stupid mm-hmm. stuff back. And then we'll unfriend each other. And When you hurt people's feelings, yeah, you tend to lose point? ground on communicating. Well, and then, so yeah. I'm going to even segue that into me. Since we're going to talk a little bit about each other and who we are. So when you guys listen to this podcast out there in listenership land, you actually kind of understand where we're coming from and who we are as people. Um, that way, maybe, just maybe, you might listen to something we might have to say. I don't know. As the saying goes, you know, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care, right? So anyway, um, I do care. I don't want to poke fun at people. Um, I have... I personally have a very, 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 I say that three times because the Bible is very good at using emphasis of threes to emphasize a point. Um, barely, very, barely, I say unto you. Oh, Lord, Lord, Lord. Again, sorry. I'm quoting oh, Bible God, stuff. oh, God, oh, God. <laughs> um, so I'm very, very, it's very, very, very difficult for me to make friends. I'm glad he likes me. <laughs> yeah. You made that decision first, but anyway. Well, <laughs> You're right, and you're welcome. Because um, yeah, here's why. Um, I have a very hard time making friends. I have a tendency to open my mouth and say things that I probably shouldn't. Um, and it's not because I'm an asshole, although for years I always thought I was. It's because of my mental condition. Um, they don't Not use, crazy. No, yeah. no. They don't use the word Asperger's anymore, but I like using it because people understand it better. I fully agree. I'm going to interject for one second. I fully agree with that. While everybody wants to be wants to put everybody on the autism spectrum, mm-hmm. um, high functioning doesn't even seem to describe it for you. Asperger's seems to make more sense to me because I can differentiate the two. Um, eye contact, you know, those kind of... Um, Medical terms that they look for, those kind of little tick marks where they go down the list and they check 
as you go. Um, I like I like it just so you know because it 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 separates those. A lot two. Of, when I tell people this, a lot of people look at me like I would never have guessed. I'm like honestly, it's because I had 40 years of practice. I have 40 years of faking it. Right. I, I'm a pretty good actor. I can. And when I really get to know somebody, when I'm closer to them, that's when I can actually start reading facial expressions and body language. That's when I actually start doing more eye contact. That's where I actually start doing more physical contact. Like I am okay with a hug from somebody if I actually know them a little bit I force it every time. (laughs) And I have a few friends that are like that. (laughs) Not just friends. Um, But anyway. But there's that. So I have a tendency to – keep a hold of the friendships I have and try my hardest not to offend those people, even though I'm, I'm more liable to do it anyway, just because of who I am. Because back when Ruth and I were having issues, and I'm not going to bring it up because she's not here and it's not fair, but there was Oh, one, she's here. All right. There was, there was, that, <laughs> there was that fear of Hi, honey. losing <laughs> friends. If anything should ever bad happen, you know, mm-hmm. and because seeing that most of all my friends I actually have are met through her, <laughs> including um, me, I would lose a lot. And I know how valuable friends are. I even though I have a hard time being around some people, a lot of people, most people, mm-hmm. even people I supposed yeah, to care no, about people suck though no yeah. even people i don't right I, even I, jess I, and even I, people i love yeah. like, there's times where there's things that my family do that irritates the shit out of me and it shouldn't <laughs> i'm sorry is that's this poverty poverty abnormal and something no yeah that's everyone. meaning my daughter coming up and hugging me irritates the shit out of me i don't want it i don't want the contact i don't want you anywhere near me um but that's the first thing that goes through my head right i know it's not a normal response and it's not because I don't love her and I had to quickly check that and that's stuff that I've I'd battle with every day and so and so it makes me feel less human a lot of times it makes me feel like an asshole a lot of times that those are the first thoughts that come into my head I feel terrible I understand about it. that so you carry guilt over something you have no control over oh every day okay that um, sucks it, it does it really does because it makes that alcoholics pledge or whatever it is um, I don't know. Take the take the God word out of it, right? Yeah, yeah. No matter you know whatever level you are there, uh, grant me the serenity, right? To oh, yeah, I, yeah. You know the ex- the, accept the, the things Catholic I cannot change, thing. change the things I can, yeah. and you know be able to tell the difference between the two. So you are really stuck in that conundrum on a daily basis. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I, I feel for you. I will. No I will say though, yeah. um, the friendships you have. And the fact that you've been so open in communicating these things to us, the offense by a real friend would be, you know, picked apart and adjusted in our heads to not be personal. So if you have a friend who's really a friend to you, those things will be forgiven. Just, you know, give them a second to process it and work it out. And I'm learning that they are they are responsible Being 43 for 43 years old now. And I'm just now learning that with some people. I have lost a lot of friendships because of that, um, which not that, but because of just, you know, I I'll sometimes say things I don't necessarily want to say. They just come out um, or people will see it. I, mean, I remember talking to another but you know what? You're you're unequivocally like completely and a hundred percent honest. 
Right. And that is sort of probably the thing that freaks people out is they're not used to people being honest with them, which is why. And honestly, that's what friends do. Friends don't sit there and bullshit you and tell you what you want to hear. They're honest with you. You know, so I would love you're for better off to come without to those friends. One day to say, please don't wear those pants again. Right. Like, I tell would me. love it. It might hurt my feelings and I might, you know, I tell people that if all I have the time. eyeliner oh, gook God, in my eye, you. tell yeah. me, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right? Like, don't just let me walk around like that. You hear that, people? <laughs> God, I'm going to point this out at the end. This is going to be one of our. No, and I, and I encourage people of that all the time. Please tell me if I'm stepping on your toes. Please tell me if I'm if I said something stupid. Please tell me because if you don't tell me these things, I can't fix something I don't know is broke. Right. And I go and I and I have no problem changing. Like, will I feel bad about? It? Of course, I'm going to feel bad about it if I said something stupid out of my you know. But is that empathy I, need, I hear? Yes, I do have a little bit here and there. I think <laughs> I think it's more of a selfish thing though than it is actually. I care what somebody oh, like thinks about me. Oh, you fucked up the program? Yeah. Kind of, oh, first F-bomb. Kind of like, <laughs> oh, man, I was doing like a perfect hundred there, and then I just dropped down right? to 90. I had gotten all of those. <laughs> I, I get it. I mean, you're on this constant checklist. Well, and- it's funny because I, when, I, when I told a buddy of mine about my, my diagnosis, um, he, <laughs> he's like, well, that makes sense. He goes, when I first met you, I thought you were an asshole. And I'm thinking... <laughs> Thanks for not calling me one. He's like, no, I said, because I didn't figure it was that. But he has friends that also have, he has another friend who's got a more severe case of autism than I did, than I have. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I kind of figured because you act a lot like him sometimes. Um, so he's like, I didn't think you're an asshole. He says, that was the first pop, thought that popped into my head is that you're an asshole. I'm like, why would you think that? He's like, he goes, I could, I could genuinely see in your face as you're talking to people that you are faking your reaction to what they're saying. You are acting like, you would think how they would want you to react to a given situation. Right. He's like, you weren't actually feeling it. Yeah. Uh, somebody's paying way too much attention. He does. Um, I want to get him on the podcast at some point because he's and a really his smart name? guy. Let's call him out. Jason. Jason. Jason Dandy. Matt. Okay. Needs. Um, yeah. Sorry, I'm writing notes. <laughs> That's okay. So anyway, that – so when I get – when I think of Punk Wisdom, about the podcast, when I think about – uh, me doing the stuff I do on Facebook. When I think of, I want to mend bridges. I want to be able to, what's that word? Uh, find the middle ground. You know, because when I sit back, I, and I you want to call me a liberal or you want or a progressive Christian or not even a Christian. You think that I don't even believe in God at all. But I go over to talk to other Christians. I go, let's find this common ground. I go, you love everybody, right? You want to see everybody treated fairly and have a good life and be happy. And they're like, yes, almost every person you talk to is going to have that same reaction. Well, I think that, too. Wow. Guess what? We're on the same page now. We can actually have a conversation. Maybe mm-hmm. um, let's find that. You know, there was a pastor I listened to every now and again. He's out in California, um, and he did a whole sermon on. Actually, he did a whole series on a bunch of different religions. He talked about Judaism, Catholic, believe it or not, because Catholics are different than your evangelical Christians, um, and then Muslims and Buddhists. And he went. He did a whole series on a bunch of different religions, mm-hmm. but his whole thing wasn't to point out the differences between the religions, but the similarities in all of them. He's like, let's find the common ground so we can all talk to each other. There is no point right. in pointing out the differences because those are blaring and everybody can see them. 
He says, but we all have things in common. So let's talk about those things we have in common. And I think the same thing with what I would like to do with this podcast. Like, let's find those common grounds, even though we haven't had a lot of many, lot, a lot of many, even though we haven't had very many. <laughs> oh, I understood perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> opposing views on the podcast so far. I'm, we're going to get to the point where we will. I want to be able to be able to have that conversation. Let's find that middle ground so we can actually have this conversation because I generally do care about people. I'll post from time to time on Facebook that I'm having a very hard time liking people and I feel bad about it because I really, really do want to like people. And at the end of the day, I want to shoot everyone, <laughs> everyone I meet. And what's crazy. Hashtag gun control. Yeah. Well, I don't have very many guns in my house anymore. I used to. Anymore. <laughs> wow. I used to, though. That'll be uh, two sold, weeks from now. I folks. sold a lot of my guns and my Die dad got them. mad at me. Um, <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, I, one, I don't hunt anymore. I only hunted in the past because it was time I got to spend with my dad. Right. I had no interest in it. I was not having fun doing it. It was time I got to spend with my dad. Um, I don't like to fish. He does. So I fished because I was spending time with my dad. It's actually very kind of you. You know, people that actually have empathy, like, won't go out of their way to do that. They won't go out of their way to make themselves uncomfortable and do something that they don't want to do just to spend time with somebody that they care about. So. Well, there's a lot. That of, is true. They're like, I yeah. would love to hang out with you just not doing that. Right. Well, there's a lot of things that I was already the black sheep of the family, so to speak, because I was not everyone else in my family, all my siblings, all of them are all your are all conservative. They're definitely conservative people. And they're all kind of in the whole things that conservatives like the hunting, the, you know, all that kind of the fishing, the outdoor and not I'll say all conservative people are in the outdoorsy stuff because liberals are too. Red baseball hats. I'm really pigeonholing people here. Um, I'm sorry. This is no. this was a. Uh, I, honestly, I, I I know some of them voted that way, and we just try not to talk about it. About it is very fair, things. but no. Um, I want to still love them. Right. Love is a choice, right? It is a choice. That's true. Um, since I don't feel it physically or emotionally, it has to be a choice for me, which is a whole other topic for a kind of, uh, for a podcast. We will do that, by the way. <laughs> we will we will dive into it. Um, yeah, that's the whole, interesting. The I whole think issue a lot of, love. of people, including myself, don't understand. Well, <laughs> just for everyone who's listening right now, uh, coming in December, starting December 1st, we're going to do a mental health thing. I think we're going to try to do a couple, par- couple parts. We are. We're going to do Allison a two-part do. series. And the coolest part about awesome. this is that one of them – uh, correct me. You the you're the one that knows whether it's the first one or the second one. One of them is dealing with mental health as far as society goes, making sure that our environment is is kind of something mentally sustainable for everybody. Where which is I know it's an extreme liberal viewpoint, but to make sure that people feel secure and feel like you know people are in it for them and they don't that that coin doesn't flip. Over right, mm-hmm. so you make sure that adults and and just general. We're going to talk about how um, 
the state of mental hospitals and the downfall of them and why we don't have those anymore. And it's and it's it's kind of like a a multi-part answer. I have a friend who's um, doing a bunch of research for us right now. So and that is oh, fabulous. Awesome. He's doing it. And then the other one is dealing with the mental health aspect in schools. And it's not just with the special education department, the five hundred four department, but it's also with the general. There's bullying involved. There's all kinds of things involved mm-hmm. in making sure our young people and our kids are mentally healthy um, to accept those disappointments when they happen, to not get invited to that sleepover party, to not walk into a school and try and take all of their classmates, let's say, out because of their their disenfranchisation of of the system. But mental health for adults and kids is super, super important. We're going to try and get some educators here. Uh, who have research and background. If we could try to do that for the second one, I think December 1st, my idea, um, just December 1st happens to be my wife's birthday. She wanted to be here. And she is a 504 IEP advocate for your daughter. Is that not true? Yes. Yes. At first she was just planning on sitting in the corner and just kind of observing. Um, But I thought... she's gone through way too many meetings lately to just sit there in the corner. Well, I thought... Uh, what we could do with the first episode, with that particular episode, and the first episode of the mental health thing, is bring her on board. Have my daughter here too. Um, she's seventeen. Kirsten, um, Sarah Beth will be back. I didn't introduce her last time in the last podcast. I totally, totally we did, but we that. didn't get in depth as to what right. she does and kind of a little bit so, of her background. So she's going to jump on board too. And I'm hoping what with this panels, we'll talk about. Because I'm curious, even though I've has have asked her the question a couple times and never got a straight answer out of her, and I'm hoping now that uh, I've already asked that question, she's already been thinking about it, and she's got a whole month to come up with an answer now um, of what's it like to live with somebody who lacks emotion, who mm-hmm. lacks the whole love thing, and who doesn't understand it the way normal people do. Um, and that kind of thing, because I want to know, and I, she's got to live with it. She's got to live with me. She's got to live with my daughter, who is has her own anxiety and depression issues, and so on and so forth. Well, and that's the thing; she and has she, to learn. She's how more mentally to strong than either either one of us. The relationship with you, and then take that knowledge, write the manual with it, almost sometimes on the spot, and then guide a young human being to a successful, productive life all along. Having a very Christian, a very um, somewhat conservative family and upbringing of her own. So, I mean, she if, if there is any person who kind of juggles all those issues in a way where she – since – She's a – Back up. I've known this woman since high school. We were high school friends. Um, didn't a spend a whole lot of time together as adults and then reconnected later on via Facebook and we've – done some lunches and made some mischief since then. Uh, uh, but she has a heart of gold. She, I have never heard her outwardly say a bad word or feeling about anybody. She may disagree, and but she'll put it, she's so diplomatic about how she feels and how things, who, seriously, somebody does not know. Oh, my own child. Okay, never mind. <laughs> Um, so, so I, I really want to hear her golden heart, true human being perspective on what it is like to manage a personal relationship with you and then use that to, um, lift up your daughter and, you know, give her the best. It's funny when you'll see certain incredible and you'll see, 
you won't see, but there's because it's not going to happen here. But mine and Kirsten's relationship is weird. Um, I don't even know what word to use because uh, there's when our when our mental issues clash. It's it's explosive because I've mentioned before that my emotions are usually on and off. Mm-hmm. Um, there is no such thing as mildly being upset at something. I'm yeah, we've decided you only love me sometimes. We've been through that. Yeah, well, that's everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Not to make you less special, just letting you know. But I am. I am. I'm <laughs> but, more special. So there's times where Kirsten and I, it's like it's balls to the wall and we are shouting at each other. And me being the adult later on, of course, I'm the first one to go apologize to her. Um, because and it's usually like a couple seconds after it happens, she'll storm out, leave the room, and I'm sitting there like, I was a complete asshole, <laughs> and I'll go and say something to her, even though she was in the wrong too for whatever we were talking about. Still, my reaction to it was not an adult reaction, but it was a, it's you know, it's the whole mental thing. So it's funny how our relationship is. Um, I'm just curious sometimes too, is like, how do you live with somebody like that and still quote unquote love them? Um, or because you no, know, the whole aspect somebody of, who's vulnerable and squishy and soft and just all full of love and sunshine and happiness. I just, I first of all, I'm I'm always inspired by her. She inspired me in school. Um, a little bit of my Lisa, background, right? yes. Okay, I'm uh, neglected and and abuse and very very dark person. I am. Um, I don't trust people. I think they suck, and that's my personal choice. <laughs> Um, I come from – yeah, I come from – I don't – know. people don't get breaks. One red flag and I'm already making reasons for why you know, I have to protect myself. I mean there's just – there's all this and it's always been that way. It was even that way in school. Um, and so she always inspired me. She, she always just had that something that made me feel like there was hope in humanity and, and to this day she still does. So considering that you've been together for how many years? Uh, 26. Okay. 26. Uh, Kirsten is 25, 25. Kirsten is how old? 25. Uh, she's 17. 17. Wow. I was off on that. I'm glad I didn't say it out loud. So anyway, enough about all this. We're going to do these mental health series. Uh, one dealing with the public in general, adults, hospitals, and who is going to be there. Um, to pick up these pieces once they start realizing that all these tragic things I mean to be honest with you let's be square you really don't need a gun anymore all you need is a van so there's that and or then a truck there's in the, New York if you guys didn't just see that well that's that's the oh it was a truck oh that's right it was a Home Depot truck so right that's yeah. the reference I was making okay. somebody um, wants to do something heinous they will find a way they'll find a way they'll you know guns or no guns they will make a, a bomb of something which is very easy to do right because we can all we if can all buy even, right wherever you, we want even if you took introductory so like, what we need to do is we need to kind of look at how we handle our kids how we handle our adults how we handle our military with the ptsd disorder and postpartum depression issues with mothers and their children and so we're going to try and kind of at least open up the book on consideration. I, I see open lots of things where people are like, oh, death penalty. But what if you were that person's mother? 
What if you were, you know, battling that those totally issues, you got those totally, red flags and you've reached out for help from your doctors or your clinics and there was just no help for you. Maybe there was something that could have prevented this from happening. I, we don't want to solve the problem. We just want to kind of open it up a little bit Make and talk it aware. about it. So, and yeah, and that's the whole point of those podcasts is just to, is for the awareness. Um, for this one, for today – since we'll try to get back on track again. Right. We're talking about us as people. Um, I could go on for hours about myself because I'm arrogant. So I will stop. <laughs> okay. I well, love how, I love how honest you are. It's he great. Is too. <laughs> which is also. But I, I wanted to jump over to Jess because she's just kind of sitting there just laughing at me, uh, which is fine. Well, no, it's, people. it's, it's, no, amazing. she's laughing with you, sweetheart. No, it, it really is. It's, it's interesting because I'm not familiar with it. So some of the stuff you say, like you don't, you know, it just kind of comes out and it's, it's, it's funny. So yeah, I definitely am laughing with you, but at the same point I'm sitting here and I'm just kind of absorbing because I'm not familiar with it. So I'm learning. So and of course you. we also have an email account. We are punk wisdom 17 at Gmail. What is our web address? We'll get that. We'll have it after the break. But yep. if anybody here listens and, and hears and relates or knows somebody or is a parent, please, of somebody that has been diagnosed, um, send us an email and give us give us your ideas. Let us know whether do you relate? Do you not relate? Do you disagree with us completely? Are we the best people on the whole planet? It's totally up to you as to what you write us about. But we'll get you that email address and we'll let it know. I want to stop real quick because I want to mention that while you were talking about all those religions and and how you were kind of you were kind of discussing um or at least elaborating on all of the common threads between them i i want to say i used to work in an elementary school um years back go pandas and i i will say that a lot of the things we taught these children were those common threads and i am sorry to say it because you can't really dive religion into a public school. I appreciate that. I like it to be my choice, my family's choice. Mm -hmm. But I like that it's not kept from me to make that choice, right? So it, it's, it's not pushed in my face, but it's not – I'm not demanded to not use it at all. So it's, it's really from one extreme to the other in a public school how much you want to integrate your religion to your family. And I appreciate that. But they were called life skills. They're called life skills in the form of character, integrity, leadership, understanding, those kind of things. Every month we had another word and we would give them the definition and we would practice it and we would give you know contests or whatever mm -hmm. it was to teach these little kids how to live literally a bucket-filling life. And really what that was was to be involved with other people in your community or in your immediate environment – that you could make them feel good about them, about your relationship, just not, you know, not trolling, not knocking them down, filling their bucket as opposed to draining it or to some people downright poking a hole in it. Um, mm -hmm. and, and if you look at those threads through the comment, it is. It's the universal love. It's understanding of other people. It's accepting their differences. It's helping somebody, teaching somebody something they didn't already know, doing the right thing even though nobody's watching you. Those are the things that we try in public school 
to get across to our children on a daily, daily basis. And when or if they end up in church with their family on a Sunday morning, if their if their parents are 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 involved or if the kids are are paying attention, they'll understand that that common thread that runs through there is the same exact thing. Make your environment better, fill buckets, don't drain them. It's really, really simple. You would think, yes. I mean, it is. I, one of my favorite philosophers, I still follow him today, and I will – you'll hear his name a lot throughout this podcast, not just this one, but all of them, episodes and so on. Pete Rollins, Peter Rollins. Look him up. Um, Matt's hero. I, I love the guy. Um, not my – I thought Rob Bell was my hero. Anyway. Oh, that's right. Oh, I <laughs> dropped the ball on that one. Yep. Uh, Pete Rollins. Email me. Tell me how much I suck. He uh, he's from Northern Ireland, <laughs> Belfast. Uh, he's got an accent, so if you look him up, um, you might want to pay attention a little bit because you're not gonna you miss some of the stuff. Yes, because nigh means now. Yeah, I'm just and Kai and uh, you know, the whole film. He'll say film when he means films, <laughs> like in right? movies. Oh, um, but anyway, uh, he started. He considers himself a Christian. Now, if he talks to nowadays Christian, at least the Western Church's Christianity, uh, they'll like you're not a Christian. Um, but anyway, he started what he what he calls the uh, evangel uh, it's called the evangelism project in Belfast, where they went once a month. They would call up another community, meaning they would visit other churches like a, a mosque or a Judaism or Catholics or a Buddhist temple or whatever. They they purposely go to these different churches, mm-hmm. and they would spend they would. Set this up ahead of time. Talk to them and let them know that they're planning on doing this. And the plan was we want to come and we want to learn about your religion. So we're going to sit down. You're going to teach us what it is to be a Muslim. And he says that part wasn't the evangelism part. The evangelism part was, he says, when that was all done, they would start asking questions. What's it like to be a Muslim in Belfast? How do you get treated by Christians? Uh, what's it like to do, do this and do that? And he's like, and he's like, the whole time we are never arguing. We're never accusing them of anything. Right. We want to learn from you. What are we want? Help us to evangelize us. Help us to be a better person. So right. help us to be a better Christian. So please tell us how we are marginalizing you or discriminating against you. Please tell us how we're doing these things because we can't always see these things when we're standing in our own bubble or mm-hmm. when we're standing in our own box. So please let us know. And so he started this out in Northern Ireland and it worked like it worked great. He's like the communities loved it. The Muslim, the different church communities loved it. Um, and I think it's something that would be great to do even here. Agreed. Of just reaching out like, yes. please tell us how are we, how do we look to you? Because I can't see me. I have two eyes. Right. The only time I ever can see myself I is in the I mirror. I think I know who I am, but exactly. I only am who you it's think as, I am. And, and I think it's not just for religion's sake. I think it's great for individuals even. Go up to your wife or your boyfriend, girlfriend or husband or whatever it is and like, how do you see me? You know, talk, tell me what you see when you look at me. Because this pedestal kind of is really high. Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> really high. As arrogant as I can be, I have not asked that question very much, but it's still a question I need to ask because there's always room for improvement and there's always mm-hmm. – we're, we're all human. We're all yep. going to say stupid things. We're going to do stupid things and we're going to be selfish. That's just who we are. I go, so if we can con- at least make it a 
hate using the word constantly, but if we can at least make it uh, repetitious in some way of bringing it up from time to time, say, hey, look, how do you see me now? You know, have I stepped on your toes? Have I been an asshole or whatever? Because that's even hard for me because even when I want to be able to connect with people because I know how hard it is for me to do that, but I also know how easy it is for me to push people away not intending it. I need that feedback and a lot of people don't want to give that feedback for whatever reason. Um, I can understand why they don't want to, but as like, I still want it, but I feel bad sometimes. Just like earlier today when I sent Allison a text message, I wanted oh, to say I know. something. You're so sweet. I wanted to say something, something that was bothering me, um, but I didn't want to, I didn't know how to bring it up because the last thing I want to do is upset you. I don't want to get you mad at me. I don't want you to think negative of me, but like I go, but I'm having these feelings. I don't know what to do with. And if I don't solve them, I'm just going to bottle them up and I'm going to get pissed off and blow up later. Mm-hmm. And, I go, and, that's and, it, no- and it really happened to be because he had made a comment and asked a question. And again, I'm going to reiterate, I'm public school teacher. So we had count month this month for alternative education. It's not just count day, it's count month. And so we have this ungodly amount of administrative paperwork right. that had to be due well today. I, I will actually be in school <laughs> tomorrow uh, making sure all those T's are crossed and the I's are dotted because each student counts for thousands and thousands and thousands yeah. of dollars and we have we have an establishment that is looking for any excuse to take those thousands and thousands of dollars away from our students as they need them. So mm-hmm. I want to make sure I'm beyond reproach. I'm going the extra mile. So I was so busy. And of course, as a graphic designer, I got a couple of side jobs. Um, we'll talk about why later toward the end of the show, um, what that is funding right now, those side jobs. Um, but and it, it was so my life was so overwhelming. I also have three teenage daughters at home. Uh, one right now is exerting her own power and individuality, and it is um, have fun with that. It, it is it is at a uh, a boiling point, no. I guess some people would call it. Um, that you know that thin line is is right there. She's on one side, I'm on the other. So uh. it was so busy and so overwhelming. I didn't get a chance to get back to him. Right, and because of it, it kind of boiled into something. But he, you were so good and so respectful with letting me know if if you don't do or say something. I'm going to explode. And I was like, oh, my God, I didn't even think of it. I'm so sorry. I'm, you know, thank you. Right. Because but I know you and I know and I've heard the story that that you're giving to our people um, right now. And I know it's not easy for you to even give that. So I want you people out there listening to understand. Yes, we joke about arrogance and selfishness. But quite frankly, it's really hard to say these are my weaknesses. These are my deficits. And I try and do the best I can every day. How many average mentally healthy people say that on a daily basis? Very, very Very few. few. So I want to give you credit for for doing that. But knowing what I know, it allowed me to take the personal part right out of it. There was no getting defensive. There was no. So maybe you worded it in, in the right way for me. Or maybe it was me knowing you as I do. But it was easy for me to say, my bad. I will do better. Right. So there's that. Um, I I do also want to say I went to Ireland once. I found myself in Belfast and Dublin during a six or seven day trip or whatever. And I and I <laughs> I gotta be honest with you. I would love to know what those people said about you know tell tell me who I am. Tell me how you see me because I went there expecting all right. I'm gonna be you know with all these Irishmen and I'm gonna I'm gonna walk out. And I'm gonna yeah no we are 
as integrated in Belfast as we are in anywhere else in the whole wide world, particularly with the EU, where people from Poland and Yugoslavia, they can go kind of anywhere they want within the EU, and they absolutely do. So when you walk out of your B&B in Belfast, you you have literally everybody. And so the more they get to know who each other is, the the better it's going to be um, here, Chicago, Detroit. You know, it doesn't really even matter. The more we get to know the other side of that, the better. We are going to now take a break. It is 8.02 on this Friday, November 3rd. We're going to catch a breather, catch a smoke, smoke them if you got them. So they say we'll be back very shortly. Um, do we have downfall for the break? Um, or do Yeah, we? I've got downfall, love as a four-letter word, need you, WTF. Those. And then also if we can get to it as well, if not, fine. Unlimited head, high time for sunlight, and five pound snap Fallujah. All right. Well, let's pick one of the downfall ones because I'm going to take the selfish, arrogant cue and I will save two other tracks of our beloved dead downfall uh, for another time. So okay. we can pick that. Unlimited head, very good band. Um, these are all local to the Detroit scene. No, downfall is your band, right? It was. Okay. Yeah, it you was. pick your poison. Which one do you want? Which two do you want? Downfall? I buried it seven feet under. I was so mad. I pushed it down another foot. You want love as a four-letter word? Thank Need you, you WTF? Um, which one do you want to get rid yeah, of and keep do, two of them? Because they're all do, short songs. So Right. They are not very long. I was trying to be all kind. Of them, all of them it. are. All right. So let's start with whatever you have the first one there. Let's do, yeah, let's do, um, let's do WTF. And then um, what about some unlimited head? Okay. Can we do that? Yep. Right on. See, Jess is making the magic again. We'll see you shortly. Hello, friends and neighbors. Uh, We are back with more punk wisdom. Although we are switching gears. Um, Very important topics. Although, not to take away importance from the topics. From before, um, we thought it was important for you to let, kind of get an idea of who we are and where we were coming from. So if, if you if you didn't get that, um, Matt tries hard to see liberal sides. He also tries hard to see conservative sides. Uh, ends in the middle. Uh, I work in a very um, liberal environment, alternative education. So if you don't feel like giving back, uh, you wouldn't work there. Um, if you don't feel like there's a, a passion and a calling for helping the underdog, yeah, I'm in the middle, but I lean a little more towards liberal when it comes to wanting to help people. It is something that makes me feel happy, feel good inside, and it makes me feel good to help somebody else. But I also don't think that the world should be filled with handouts. Absolutely. people have right. to work. You have to earn. And in working hard and earning something, you get a better sense of self and um, – I don't know, more respect for yourself. Well, there's personal responsibility involved too. And and the thing the thing about me, I guess in that respect you can say yeah. that I do bring a little bit of conservatism because I I I tell my students one of the things that that helped me move on from what would have been a very dire future um was by kind of getting it all out. I got it all out. I said some things to my stepmother that I am not sorry for, but I shouldn't have said they were hurtful and they were wrong um, to say out loud. Um, 
I have no it, idea based, what that feels like. Based <laughs> on the fact that I thought she would say, you're absolutely right, which I knew she wasn't, so which meant it was moot to even say so in the first place. Uh, questions about, you know, me as a kid and decisions and choices that were made. And, you know, I was the one that was on the sports team and there were no parents in the stands there for me. I raised myself. I'm an MTV kid. I was there the very minute it went on the air. And I am to this day very TV oriented when it comes to primetime television, things like that. But when I go to the school, I am not poor me. This happened. And oh, my God, I say that was me. So yesterday, say everything was everybody else's fault. Now that you have come to that conclusion, if it is true, let's just pretend it is. Whose fault is it tomorrow? And and that's where where I begin to kind of shift the gears. Your future is up to you. Your car, you have to drive it. Nobody can drive that for you. And if they did, you'd never appreciate where it ended up. So with that respect, we do have liberal views. We also have conservative views. Are you trying to say something or are you breathing to, I, I weird? I don't want to interrupt you. Oh, okay. I thought you were just enjoying the kind of – no, I kind of thing in the headphones. Okay, <laughs> so you're not just playing yeah. around. No, no, you're no, just no, no. To hold back. Um, <laughs> no, I understand where the conservatives come from. Um, honestly, right? Work for what you get. I get it. No, I, I used to believe that way, and I used to be 100 percent in that camp. What brought me away from that was understanding that it's not as simple as that. Well, I think there's a lot of conservative beliefs or a lot of conservative stands that are based on black and white. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times it's not as black and white. And that particular situation when it comes to handouts or government handouts isn't as black and white. Is other people taking advantage of it? Of course. They Uh, always will. There's always going to be people who take advantage of anything that is freely given. Um, But when we really start taking a look at, and I don't want the rest of the podcast to go into this subject at all, but I just want to, give you the liberal point of view, a little bit of a liberal point of view of it, is that you have to look at their circumstance because a lot of times there isn't a father in the picture. A lot of times the mother is working two or three jobs. Maybe. Uh, a lot of times buses don't bus people from that neighborhood to a neighborhood where they can actually get a job. True. Um, so there's a lot of circumstances that play into this that it's not as simple as these people are lazy. Maybe some of them are, but not all of them. And we have to take a look at why it is what it is. And I, and I think that's the, one of the biggest problems that people don't look at the why part. They just see oh, they're not working for it and they just want money, so they're lazy. Well, no, not, 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 not technically. Some of them maybe. I, I get that, but not all of them. You're, and, o- you're always going to get those who work too much. You're going to get those who work too little. Um, but social systems are built – for the masses, and normally it's people they don't like to be poor. They don't wish to be poor. They're not. Nobody does. No, and I'll tell you what. For anybody who says, "Oh, let me just quit my job and live on the well," please go for it. be my guest. Do it for one year. Jump through all those hoops. Fill out all that paperwork. Go to all those meetings. Be I just be checked that. on everything you do and every cent that comes into your house for a year. I'll go and back. Tell me how I'll easy go back it is. to uh, when I was and when I was enrolling in school. I went through Michigan Works. To see if I could get that grant, the state grant, to be able to go back to school. The hoops I had to go through. They want to make sure that the people who take advantage of it are people who actually want it and are driven to take. And not just that, but that they actually deserve it. Because when I went in there, they. It's a real pain in the ass. Totally. (laughs) And I got turned down. 
I got to know they, there's a lot of things they don't take in consideration. They don't take into the consideration of all a lot of your bills that are going out. Whereas you're not even though you say you bring X amount of money home, they're not looking at all the things where they, all that money is actually going to. So it's like right. I don't have the money to go to school. Now, I got lucky. And I'm not going to get into what my payment arrangement is with DT, DSDT. I go, but <laughs> I, I went through that whole process. And I actually went through the process of trying to get food stamps because I was given a counselor, if you want to call them that, at uh, Michigan Works. And sometimes they want you to apply for more than you're actually there for. Well, I went to this counselor from Michigan Works. And he's like, all right. He goes, Matt, you're making too much money. And he says, I, I can't approve a grant for you. He's like, but – He's like, if you notice when you're filling out this application, there's three different times they asked you whether or not you get food stamps. I'm like, yeah, I noticed that. He's like, there's a reason. He's like, as soon as you get a food stamp, you got the money. They will give you the money. He's like, so if you can go down to Michigan Health Services and somehow finagle a way of getting just temporary food stamps, even if it's only five bucks a month, the government will give you the grant. So I'm like, seriously? He's like, yeah, go over See, there right the now. the system could use and some so, help too. Oh, definitely. It, it needs so a I, cleanup for I sure. even went and tried to do that. I still didn't get the help. So there's still a lot of hoops you have to jump through to, to get this stuff. And there's well, a way you can work the just system. Just to apply for those food but stamps. So I'm sorry, hard. but it's a 35-page book. It is. So it's not easy. The point being, it's not easy process to go through. And I wouldn't want. I wouldn't wish that upon somebody. And it's... It's not a lazy person wouldn't jump through those hoops. So to sit back and call these people lazy, I think is just being a little bit naive about it. You're being ignorant about it. You just really are. I think and I you know, laid out a blanket statement. I didn't mean for it to come across as black and white as it actually did because I know people from both sides. I, know. I wasn't talking about you. Really. No, I know. <laughs> but I, I, I realized that maybe I might have come across okay, that man. to people who are listening that don't know I'm me. An so, I mean, <laughs> not this at time. the end of the No, not at all. Um, so at the end of the day, there are definitely people that need help. And yes, I've seen people that actually need the system who have multiple kids whose husband just passed away and or you left. Know, right, exactly. And they have kids to take care of. Plus they're working themselves and they've got four children and they've got a house payment and a car payment. They need to feed their kids. And you know what? And, and then those there's people, people that I have met who have literally sold their food stamps uh, while their card to, you know, somebody for, you know, a hundred bucks and they're getting $200 in food stamps to buy drugs from them. So I've seen both sides of that it. That is true. So there are two sides at the end of the day. It doesn't matter what one side says. There isn't just one side. There are definitely two sides. And that's a whole another issue of treating drugs as a crime as opposed to an illness or a disease. If we actually treated these people... As it being an illness and as it being a pro- not as an addiction because an addiction is a mental issue as opposed to treating it as a crime, we might not have that many issues with it. Which so brings into play those life skills, those threads throughout religion that are the best and the brightest of all of the ideals um, except – people right help people when they need to be helped not judging them just giving them the support and the encouragement that they need i i swear to god it it really any kind of issue we could find with our society all comes down to very few basic basic things understand people are different than you their brains are different than yours their chemical imbalances are different than yours um if you're extremely 
um, right wing and conservative, you also have chemical imbalances that are different than mine. And I'm I'm I, there is no way you could shut out the rest of humanity and say, no, if you're not like me, you don't belong here and still call yourself a Christian on the basis of that. We will roll into this whole when is it appropriate and how how best, I guess, do we say the way this works is wrong and somebody needs to do something about it. Never before in my life, maybe it's just because I'm older. Uh, you know, I, I used to remember my grandparents, my parents saying, oh, my God, these kids these days, they, you know, they don't dress up to go to Olive Garden. I, I remember my parents saying those things. And I'm like, seriously, who dresses up to go to Olive Garden? But that's the way they thought. Now, here I say, who goes to CVS in their freaking pajamas? What in the hell Right here, I am Walmart. saying, "Oh my God, oh Walmart!" Oh, um, no, 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 no. I, no. I, off topic I do because <laughs> do, I don't care either. Do you, do you, I just if if I'm going, I don't know. I I throw my jeans on just for five minutes. I'm just going to run to the store, run to the back. You know, it's it's really not. You however, know, that's all they're thinking. But there are times that I've been in my sweats, and I'm like, you know what? I feel crappy, right? And who is somebody in line to judge me for what I'm wearing at the gro- at the you know at the pharmacy, especially when I'm picking up like a prescription. God forbid, what what if I'm like dying or what if I'm like super, super sick and I've got this, you know, thing that needs to be healed or cured or maintained? I have maybe arthritis that's killing me right now and I'm lucky to even get up to the store to get my drugs. So there's always going to be those people who don't like what you do. So when you don't like it and when do you know what's right not to like it? So we move on to our whole protesting, not protesting because you just want to be a dick to someone, but protesting when the system is just not working for other people. So we will go back to um, our initial opening and we will talk about um, the NFL as it is and the whole take a knee. There is the, you know, the whole female protest. And of course, based on our current administration, the lack of respect we seem to be getting, the lack of respect we seem to, it's it's being omitted that we're the one that brings human beings into this world. We're the one that many times are are left to raise these children on our own. Um, We are the only gender where it is frowned upon for you to physically walk away from your kids and not pay child support and not be involved in their lives. So there's that protest. And then, of course, there's the whole Me Too with people thinking they can take our bodies and do with it what they like. So as a female, I'd like to say a lot of this has has to do with us. There's also the race issue, especially with the NFL. Um I, I I want to get your thoughts on that. I did read an article in the Chicago Tribune that was posted yesterday, and I want to kind of touch on that too. So I want to start with you and this Who's whole you? Jess. There you go. Oh, right on. Nailed I it. Have, I have big daddy standing <laughs> on my shoulder. So how how do we feel, and, and we may be different here, um, about the NFL, the whole take knee, the whole even as it comes down to the whole people who don't like it saying that those people are privileged regardless of their color, which of course they are. They're millionaires, but they're using it to say, oh, yes, you're oppressed. OK, well, they're privileged now, but they they 
took how many concussions, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, and they also belong to, to a race who cannot, who cannot agree with that across the board. There's that. Right. And then people who say when you take a knee, it is against the flag or the anthem or That's our military. Not. That's not what it's about. It's, it's okay. Uh, just to break down real quick. I've had so many discussions about this with people because I wanted to understand why. And I get why. And number one, okay, so people weren't standing, you know, the team wasn't standing like that for the national anthem until the army went ahead and sent money to them, you know, as an incentive to get, um, bring more attention to the army to get more recruits sign up it was a propaganda cetera, cetera. Yeah. right so this started what uh 2009 okay 2009. so 2009 that is it yeah yes. so it's it's literally wow. been eight years you know and the whole history of football which i don't even know how old it is but a hell of a lot older than you know yep. eight years either way it doesn't matter who cares if somebody kneels or somebody stands they're not disrespecting the flag how this started off was Colin Kaepernick um, protesting in a peaceful protest because God knows people can't go out on the streets and stand and get in the way of traffic and protest that way. Nobody's okay with that. Who cares if he takes a knee? Like that's not getting in your way. That's not affecting you in any way. It's only affecting you because you want him to stand. That's the only way it's affecting you. So because you have this ideal in your head how he should be. Right. And what it started off as was it was initially against um, police brutality against African-Americans, which obviously we all know has been prevalent. Like back in East Detroit, when I went to East Point High School or East Detroit High School, um, we would call it DWB, driving while black, because every time you would drive down Gratiot, the only person they would have pulled over was a black person. And the police force was a 100% white. There was not one black officer there whatsoever and may still not be today. So, and I knew some cops from there and I'm never going to name names because they are extended while family friends. Um, and they were the ones that told me there will never probably be a black officer here. That's crazy. Um, yep. It's completely ridiculous. My last job, well, not my last job, a job I had years ago, they never once hired a black person and never will. And it's insane. So when people come about and say, well, there is no more racism, you're wrong. And if there's anything that we've learned since Trump came into office or even started running his campaign, it's that his racism is still very, very, very much alive. And, you know, these okay, the people who are taking a knee are not protesting the flag. How it started out was protesting police brutality against African-Americans, and it seemed to morph into um, a phrase that was in the national anthem um, that, you know, referred to. Is it the Amber Waves of Grain? I don't know it. I know they don't sing it anymore. Oh, they don't? They They actually stopped that? Okay. See, they, They omit that verse, yeah. Well, and I'm sure it was because people were taking a knee, and before that. misinformed. Right, exactly. So the majority of oh, people are misinformed. <laughs> and oh well, um, it it was the the part of the national anthem where it says, you know, Amber Waves Grave, uh, yeah, whatever. Okay, so it, and it was referring to slaves, right? Fields and, and plantations, and right, and basically right. like leave them behind, like there is no saving them. I can't remember the exact verse, but in a nutshell, that's what it breaks down to in modern language. Um, so that's what people are protesting. They're not protesting. 
America where they live. They're protesting. This is what I have been told by literally every single African-American that I have asked because I was curious and didn't really understand at the beginning what was going on. And then and it's called awesome communicating. And did that. Well, because I want to understand. Yep. There's a reason why people are doing this. Yes. And God knows, you know, you can't block traffic and have a protest because people are not okay with that. Oh, and they'll Riots totally exercise like their right that. to hit you and kill you. Well, yeah, absolutely. And that's okay. That's okay. But don't block traffic. Right. Don't go outside of somewhere and have a protest. But now you can't even take a knee at a game if you're a football player and protest. That's a sound. It's not affecting anybody. Just let them do that. Who cares? Let people believe in something just because they don't agree with what you believe in and because you have misunderstood the meaning behind what they're doing doesn't mean that they should stop on your account. So more power to you. Agreed. Agreed. Matt, your three and a half cents? My three and a half cents? Uh, how about it's two almost, cents? Almost, almost I, I four, think, almost double. I think we have an issue altogether uh, countrywide of protesting in general. Not just protesting, but activism, I think. Um, it's been skewed. The, the media kind of puts a, a tainted light on it, and so does the government. It's one, it's one avenue that we, the people, when you read the Constitution, it says, we the people. It's the one avenue that we have to stand up and say, we need to have change here. Mm-hmm. When, you call your, when you call your representatives, that is a form of activism. That is calling, you're calling them up and say, hey, look, um, I don't like this bill that you're thinking about voting on. Or I think we need to make a change here or whatever. For whatever reason, that is – it's not whatever reason. I know what the reason is. They don't want us doing that. They want to run the government the way they want to government, meaning our own politicians. Mm -hmm. Um, And they know that if the people ever did stand united, that we could actually make change. We would absolutely change the And the Constitution was written that way on purpose. We were given that right in the – what was it? The First Amendment? To be able to do well, first amendment is free speech, I think. Second amendment, right? Uh, right Second to bear amendment is arms. I forget which one. What is it the Fourteenth Amendment that gives us the right to protest? Hang on, hang I on. don't know. Anyway, one of the we'll amendments. Consult the research department. There is an amendment. There is a point. <laughs> that was the point. Oh my god, we are horrible <laughs> Americans. I know, I know. Just, just letting you. We that fact did not go unnoticed. None of people. us could get our green cards right now. I'm just saying. <laughs> totally. But th- that has been the purpose. Uh, of hashtag I, proud to be a citizen. And if I go back, if I go back into <laughs> how what I was taught in high school, I remember taking a government class in high school and how even the teachers back then, you know, if I remember reading my textbook right, even was that the whole protest, even during the Vietnam War, because that was one thing that we were really studying on where there was a lot of protesting going on, that was even looked at, the protesters themselves were looked at as being wrong. Right. Um, And they weren't. They were exercising their rights. And I think just our culture itself has been kind of taking this whole activism and protesting thing and warped it into being a bad thing to the point where now you have, and I really don't like pointing the finger at people sometimes, but this time I'm going to because it's been strictly Republicans that have been writing laws to make it legal to run people over in the streets if they're protesting in the streets. Right. Um, giving them an out to where like, oh, you can – to where they won't get charged for 
killing a person. Yeah, vehicular manslaughter is okay if they're in your way. Mm, exactly. Because no. you are an American and you have that right. And it's just another way of and that of the gov- our own government, our own politicians trying to put a damper on the whole protesting aspect. Look at mm-hmm. what happened out in North Dakota when the Native Americans were standing up for their right to for clean water, of all things. They literally assaulted them. They were yes. assaulted and over and over and over again. Now, were there there is a group called Antifa, um, who a lot, a lot of people actually understand who they actually are. Antifa was actually is called is for, uh, short for anti-fascism. They were formed back, which in the, on its face is is a good thing. Well, however, right, they were formed actually back in the late 1920s or 1930s in Europe when the fascism was really on the rise and they were really going after Nazi Germany and so on and so forth. That's the origin of Antifa. Um, they have no problem whatsoever with violence. Now, mainly, they do their violent work with uh, just destroying public property, not necessarily hurting anyone. Um, I think they've kind of they don't have too many too much qualms about hurting someone if they need to. Um, but they have no problem whatsoever with hurting people or with violence. They have taken up. Uh, maybe taken up as the wrong, wrong term. They will actually insert themselves in different protesting movements. They they showed up in Occupy, uh, Occupy Wall Street. They showed up at North Dakota. They showed up at Ferguson. They showed up um, at Berkeley when they were, had the had the protests there when Milo was trying to speak and so on and so forth. And they go there and they actually go and they cause trouble. That yeah. is what they do. They're the ones that are actually causing all the violence, not the actual protesters exactly. themselves. So when you have the Native Americans out there who are actually just praying, burning incense yeah. and praying and praying, that's what they were doing. You had Antifa out there doing these heinous things. But when the small group does something evil, they blame it on everyone. And it seems to be a common thread, I think, with everything because we have a small group of Muslims who decide that terrorism is a way to right. do things. So let's blame it on all Muslims. We have a small group of Christians who are just who are actually bigger terrorists in this country than Muslims are. Right. Um, they Some people actually want to blame all Christians. It's not right. all Christians. We have Westboro Baptist Church who are a, a terrible example of what a Christian Ugh. is, but yet all Christians get blamed for – they're idiotic. Yeah. So if you, if you, so I'm just looking at protesting in general is looked at as a bad thing. And, and if, if and you had to be. put a name on, okay, so Antifa is Antifa, and um, the Aryan Nation is the Aryan Nation, which also makes conservatives blush sometimes. So right. let's let's say we had to we had to coin a term, and I don't know if there is one, and if there is, um, extremists. Well, extremists, yes, but those people who invade um, more peaceful, honest protests and activists to undo what they do and then to to put them in a bad light. They, kind of the, they themselves don't look at it that way. And I, know, I understand and Antifa, that. But if, especially but if we had to coin a term for those types of groups, Kind of where where do you think we can get that from? I mean, where do you think we can we can categorize them? Uh, of course, they undermine and you know kind of kind of try and dismantle all all good that is done. But is North there- Dakota the protesters out there did a really good job? Yes. The the elders they did a really good job of actually finding those people and kicking them out. Um, so it I think it has some responsibility on the protesters themselves. If they see it, they should probably go and confront it. 
Because um, normally when Antifa shows up, it's not a lot of them. It's a small handful of them. The same thing with stupid. the Boral right, Baptist Church. Out who are trying to, you know, start trouble right. and getting in the middle and saying racist things. And, and it happens on both sides. Cause look it at absolutely does, because Black Lives has. Matter was a bona fide project. It was it was them saying... They're a great movement. Not, not... Yes. Okay, first of all, I want to give my opinion on this. I've, I've talked ad nauseum to a lot, a lot of people to try and kind of put a nutshell kind of version on this that could help everybody understand, even the privileged uh, white people. Um, and that is not to say Black Lives Matter more than anybody else's. But let's just say they put the word also on the end. Or two. Black Lives Matter too. And they really feel as if they have been told they don't. And what a sad place that would be if... You know, somebody said gay lives don't matter. If somebody said, you know, female lives don't matter. Honestly, at the end of the day, if a little white girl goes missing, it's a huge thing. If a little black girl goes missing, it's... Yeah. It, it may or may not become a big you deal. You may or may not know about it. Correct. If it's a little white girl, you're going to know about Correct. it. Correct. I know so, my Amber Alerts, Amber Alerts go off regardless of color. It's whether or not those well, that button is the pushed press is what I have to exactly. pay attention. So there will always be those small factions who go into a good, good-minded good organization mm-hmm. and try and undermine all the good they do. So I just I just want to say, you know, Antifa is one of them. There are those people who want to dismantle the good that the Black Lives Matter movement yep. is doing. There are, you know, people who want to dismantle um, the belief that police officers can't be good people. There's there's those guys that there don't. There are tons of good cops. But there's, the there's always going to be. And what you have to do is you have to be, um, I guess, open enough to understand that if in during a protest – there, there is looting. There is, you know, and it becomes, it becomes heated. It becomes angry, and it becomes then a riot. Not well, to say that the believe movement it or not, caused, people get emotional about this stuff, right? Not to say that the 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 movement that caused this and this activism and this protest didn't have a valid point on its face to begin with. And if you could ignore those radical people who always seem to invade good causes, then you could then you could begin to understand. What causes them in the first place? Right. When you your- see them taking the knee during the national anthem, instead of just crying about that they're actually doing that in itself, the actual act itself, why don't we take a step back and like, why right. are they taking Instead that of knee? labeling it, there's anti-patriotism a re- okay. Okay. or... And take your passion there. You know what? I'm pissed off that this person is uh, protesting the flag. Well, take a step back. Why is he protesting the flag? Right. Well, holy shit. Maybe he's not actually protesting the flag. Right. But it's like if you want to use that emotion, that's awesome. And, I'm, and I applaud that you are that passionate about your country. Great. Then why don't we just look at like why would he be doing that? Instead of actually condemning him for actually doing something that you don't like, which believe it or not, you're going to run into people your whole life you're going to, that are going to do things that you don't like them, that you don't like. Yep. But why does he do that? Because is he not? Yeah, let their law- dogs live outside. Yeah. Leave their, yeah. I've always straight up told someone's that's the whole dog. Right? right? That's my new dog. <laughs> Wait, you look at what he it. did, or you even look at why did, <laughs> why did a bunch of women, instead of crying that a bunch of women went out and protested a guy that you voted for, 
why why did these women go out there in the first place? And and I'm not saying that they didn't. Some people didn't know, and they still were upset about it. That's fine because maybe you don't understand. Maybe you don't agree. I get that. There's a bunch of women out there who don't agree why these women protested it. I, and I'm not a woman, so I probably don't understand it as well. well. We got ideas, but there's there's reasons that they did, and that's that's fine. But they believe these people believe that these women believed that they have you know that they feel discriminated against, or they feel that there could be a possibility of that happening, or something worse happening, or whatever the case may be. Or so it's like okay, if they feel that way, why do they feel that way? And I think it's just being human to sit back and it's like, you can't argue. This is something that I try to teach Kirsten, my daughter, when we get into when you get into an argument with somebody about it. It's like, one, try to stay away from I statements or you statements. Stay away from you statements and continue with I because you can't argue. You can't say you and like point your finger. Right. But you can't <laughs> argue somebody's feelings. So when you go to right. your wife when you were arguing with her and say, when you said this. I felt this. Right. They can't argue then. They, they, there's no argument against how that person made you feel. Right. There's nothing. You can't. You can try. It's not going to get you anywhere. So it's like, Different okay. than cold-hearted bitch. Right. <laughs> so you it's like, are an absolute. You're not going to get far with that. So yeah. that's, the, that's, take, that principle, take that principle and just multiply it Someone a little bit else. more about protesting. It's like, okay, you might not agree with why this person is doing this, but – Take a step back a little bit and look at it as like, okay, why do you feel this way? I mean, you got so upset that you decided to do this one thing to protest this and in whatever way you decide to protest it. Why do you feel that way? Let's start a conversation. And that's the whole point in protesting and activism is starting that conversation. So when Colin Kaepernick did it, he did it because why? He had the money. And he had the platform to the do platform. it. platform, yeah. absolutely. So you can yell at him and scream at him that he's privileged all you want, but he has all the cameras of the world pointing at him. And he took that opportunity to say, I have a problem with what's going on in this country, this one particular problem, and I want some light shed on it, so let's talk about it. And that was all he did. And I have I to believe him for that, honestly, because there's a lot of people that wouldn't do that. You know, um, no, because you and I would have to believe that he knew he had thought about this beforehand. I'm sure it was not or at least I I want to be sure that it wasn't a knee jerk reaction that he had thought about this. This was a premeditated act. And he had at some point said this could very well be the end of me. I'm sure he looked at all the different failed attempts at protesting. I'm sure he looked at uh, what the Black Lives Matter movement has been doing, what happened out in Ferguson, and I'm pretty sure he looked at all these different failed attempts of bringing attention to this thing. And it's noisy. And it's noisy, too. And they keep screaming at the black community about being violent. You know what? Fine. Let's do something that's not violent. And now all of a sudden, to be passive and to be vulnerable by becoming lower than those those of those something that cost him his career around you. And I don't know. I don't know to this magnitude. I mean. Okay, he won and he lost. 
He lost, yes, because there's the there's the endorsements and there's the teams now that are afraid of him. And now you got to worry about whether or not the team owners and the managers are complacent in in trying not to agree with it or agreeing with it too much or. It's, it seems like there's really nothing they can do that is right because they're not choosing to do it collectively. The NFL, I, I believe, has said we won't do anything about it. But then there's owners that said, don't worry about them. I will. So it, it's kind of like the whole pot debate. Yes, your state can legalize it. But if the feds decide to come down and crack down, you're done. So with that being said, I, I read an article in the uh, in the Chicago Tribune. Um, that was that was uh, published yesterday, and and they kind of tried to break it down, and I really appreciate kind of how they did this. They they put to shame, I guess, the argument that you're protesting the flag. No, it's actually the opposite. You're actually respecting that flag because you are still under the umbrella of that flag, doing what you do. And I don't think there's any better patriotic statement than to exercise your right to be free and to do the things that make you happy. So I, I will no longer accept that they're protesting the flag. Protesting the military, obviously, no, that is not what they're doing. And the only argument I have for that is there have been – and it's touch and go. You'll, you'll find some military who do agree and say this and you'll find some – who maybe not so much, maybe a lot are a lot more silent than maybe they should be because they're not sure. But I do know that we go to war to fight for our rights, to fight for our freedoms. And if that is not the ultimate freedom position to take, I don't know. That is what they did. They went over there and some of them died and they watched their friends and they watched their combat and troops fall one by one by one to ensure that if somebody did want to take a knee and say something in this country is not going the way you are telling other people it does, I don't I don't see where the, the greater salute to the military is. It's not about the military at all. In fact, my opinion Based on this article, I, I wholeheartedly agree, is that when you talk of the Pledge of Allegiance, um, there are the words one nation under God. Whether or not you believe in your God or whatever your God or your religion is, we are not one nation. We are not as we say we are. We pledge no. this thing and right now they are empty words. It's an empty statement mm -hmm. and there are people being hurt and taken advantage of in this country and it's about time someone said these are fabulous words and I love them and I am allegiant to them to the end. However, they are not true and that's where we fall into a disagreement. Those privileged people will say this is the best country in the whole world. There are those less privileged, and it doesn't necessarily have to do with color. Money and education say a lot more about where we stand in this country than our individual colors do. Um, we will tell you that our opportunities and our circumstances are not as privileged as many people's are. And, and I think that's where the protest is. Don't tell me we are one nation under God. Don't tell me there's liberty and justice for all when there isn't. It depends on who you are. It depends on how much money you have, how much education you have, and your color. Because at the end of the day, we know that the straight white male is at the top of that ladder. And our equality depends on how we measure to him. And I think what happens is when you're up there, you don't see that you are the problem. 
not necessarily, maybe not even not necessarily that you're no, a problem. No, those clouds make things blurry, you know? <laughs> well, I, maybe I don't think that there's a problem because you get in this conversation with people who are who are white and they're poor and they're like, well, I'm not privileged and they probably don't necessarily understand what privileged means. Um, but I, 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 it, it boils down to, in my opinion, is like take a step back or step out of your box just for a moment. Put your feet in somebody else's shoes. Why are the people saying this? Instead of just sitting there labeling them as lazy, labeling them as you know entitled or whatever. Labeling them at all. Right. And just kind of like, okay, why do they feel this way? Is there something that I'm missing? Is there something that the way I've been brought up that I don't recognize because I've been brought up the way I've been brought up? Whether you're rich or poor doesn't really matter. Um depending on the type of household you're in. You know, I, mm-hmm. I didn't grow up rich. Um, my family, my dad provided a decent amount of money for the family to where we, we were okay. We were a middle, you're, we were the typical middle class, middle class family. And so when I saw, you know, when I see in the beginning, it, back when I was younger, when I saw these different things, you know, it was really easy to be that conservative that I said back and was like, well, they're entitled. They're just sponging off the system and so on and so forth. Um, but until you, until I actually started growing up a little bit and started reading some books and actually learning more about our own history and more about the different cultures in our country and how different people are treated differently and so on and so forth just because of color or religion or whatever, um, things start opening up. And it's, it's, it's hard. I, I, I totally understand some of their comments. I totally understand why some of the people believe what they believe. Um, but I think a lot of it just is born of ignorance. It's born of just – They just – they don't know whether or not they want to know. I don't know. Maybe they – I could tell you right now it's a much easier to say, to not know because you're, oh, you're guilt-free. Yeah, for sure. There's no guilt there. And, um, I, I'm in a class at school right now where I'm, I'm of a minority. The vast – most there's only two white guys in the whole class. We have six people, including seven people, including the teacher. Um, who and two of us are white. The rest of are black. We've gotten into the conversations. Luckily, they. It was funny. Just the other night, uh, my instructor was actually talking to one of the newer guys in the class, and he was like, "I don't know why he was making my case or making me trying to make me feel better, but." Because racism got brought up, and this, he went out of his way. Like Matt's a cool guy, you know. He he understands this shit. He's actually turned me onto different books to go out and read. Um, mm-hmm. So I saw her like, so I felt good that I'm like, okay, at least I'm not looked at as this white privileged asshole. Um, I do I still have white privilege? Yes. Do I take advantage of it? Yes. Why not? I still have it. Inadvertently, you you right. can't not. But at least I recognize it. At least I see where it's at, and I also see where pe- where th- right where I see that the other the others out there don't have it. So, anyways, that's all I'm trying to say is like I think when it comes to activism and protesting, when you see that stuff happening, maybe take a step back and look at why are they doing what they're doing. You may not necessarily agree with why they're taking the stand that they're taking, 
but it is their right to take that stand, and we should applaud that right to take that stand. And if you don't agree, mm-hmm. then go out there and anti-protest. Well, I don't now, care. see, and that's the thing. If you can't applaud someone else's right to take a stand, that is the true definition of being un-American. So we are going to close this show tonight. We're going to – I'm going to do my smart-ass final points. <laughs> but I do want to say we didn't get a chance to get to the Me Too movement. And, of Sorry. course, Jess and I are both females. That's fine. That's fine. Um, what we what we want to do in that scope of just paying attention, there are people that have been hurt. There are people that have been victimized. And if you think they should have said, well, just tell him to go fuck off. Yeah, there are careers. There are there are lives at stake. There's there's shame involved to it. There's a mental. Yeah, there's a mental paralysis that goes with somebody invading your space as a female as a male and any rape victim or harassment victim knows all too well how paralyzing it can really be do not do not minimize the me too movement however the more we see the hashtag what can i do movement the more we'll know that you understand that it is not easy as a white person as a caucasian person i get pulled over by the police department i do not worry about whether or not i'm going to get shot dead in my car right. as a female i do wonder if they're going to want to search me so i understand both sides of that and i don't think it's fair the best i can do is obey the law, do what I can do to minimize the opportunities for those things to happen. But then again, that comes from a Caucasian privileged female. And I do know it exists. I have posted um, a video on our Punk Wisdom Facebook page. If you do not understand uh, what white privilege is, take a look at that video. Let us know what you think. Just think about what you're going to say before you do. So our closing points today uh, are that Matt needs Jason, unequivocally. (laughs) Um, He may also be a progressive liberal, but we'll do some research on that to decide whether or not that's an applicable term. Um, We need a referee jersey for Matt's wife, Ruth, when it comes to Matt and Kirsten. Um, Also, the first ten amendments are... Oh, The freedom of religion, speech, and the press is number one. Number two, the right to bear arms. Number three, the housing of soldiers, uh, which nobody is going to argue. Four, protection from unreasonable searches and seizures. Uh, Great for the Me Too movement. Amendment five, protection of rights to life, liberty, and property. Life, liberty, and property. Think about what that really means. That's our Fifth Amendment, folks. Six, the rights to accused persons in criminal cases. Uh, Seven is rights in civil cases. Eight is excessive bail, fines, and punishments forbidden. Nine is other rights kept by the people. Not some people, the people. And ten, finally... Undelegated powers kept by the states and the people. Undelegated powers kept by the states. Think about that. Maybe we'll come back to that on another episode. Um, And also, don't let your dogs live outside because Jess and I will take them. Yep. Um, Our next money. (laughs) That's right. If they live outside, I I don't even understand why you want them. Our next episode is scheduled for November 17th, where we will try and do something where each one of us says we are grateful and thankful instead of being pissed off and fuck the world. 
Well, nothing to Final say. No, just kidding. <laughs> I won't find there's, great There's things. no guarantee no, on I'm that. I'm thankful for a lot. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Because for as bad as they are, we do have the right to say we're not happy. We do have the right to take a knee. We have the right to defend our homes and our property and our families. And at the end of the day, it's good to know. Yeah. Agreed. That's it? That's it. That's all we got for you. That's good enough for me. <laughs> right on. Well, stay tuned because tomorrow we will be launching our punk wisdom gear, uh, including Ooh. t-shirts and other miscellaneous got to have items because you want everybody to know that you are punk wiser too. Um, nice. We live on Facebook at Punk Wisdom 17, Twitter at Wiser Punks, and as always, give the wizards here at Podcast Detroit a day or two to find us immortally under the Studio 3 tab on your Podcast Detroit app for Android and iOS. We will also open up phone banks next week. If you are live and listening to us, you can call us. Tell us what you think. Meanwhile, did anybody look up our email address? No, but don't forget to go to SoundCloud to listen to the show. And SoundCloud. Yeah. I meant to ask about that, too. So I yep. wanted to make sure because I thought that was kind of... SoundCloud, SoundCloud. Punk wisdom. <laughs> it's very easy. Search it, find it, listen. That's right. Because at the end of the yeah. day, we are wiser punks. Thank you for tuning in tonight, and we will see you next